verse number 20. The Bible says this, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Well, last week as we were reading through the scriptures and we were studying verse by verse through the book of James, James the half-brother of Je- Jesus uh, penned for us these, these words in James chapter number 1 and, and he began talking to the, to the believers and, and he was telling them uh, some important truths about how they should receive the word of God. We saw last week about how he told them, listen, you need to close your mouth, open your ears and open your heart to the word of God. And then he, he went there and he told them, he tried to show them just how exceedingly sinful the sin was that was in their life. He used those, those uh, kind of funny terms that maybe we, we don't use every single, uh, every single day. He, he said, listen, he said, lay apart your filthiness. He said, lay apart your superfluity of naughtiness. He said, hey, the wickedness, the exceedingly wickedness of your sin. He said, lay it aside. Take it off, uh, we saw last week. He said, put it uh, apart. Don't allow it to be a part of our life. And, and what was he saying there? He was pointing and saying, listen, there are sins in your life that you don't think are a big deal, but I want you to see them the way that I see them through my eyes. And he says, they are exceedingly, exceedingly wicked. And then he gives the purpose of reading the scriptures, listening to the preaching. It's not only to listen, but to respond. You know, I hope here at White Hope Baptist Church that every time that, that the word of God is open, every time that a message is preached, that we will allow the Holy Spirit to, to point out those places in our lives, those things in our life that, that we need to change. I hope in every service that, that, listen, you'll be led to a place of decision. And while it may not be something that's life-altering or life-transforming, uh, listen, I hope that every service here at church, every time that you hear the word of God open, that you'll allow God to speak to your heart and that you'll walk out of here closer and more conformed to the image of Christ than what you were when you came. That's what we should do when we hear this, the preaching of God's word. We should respond to it. Did I turn my, yeah, I am turned on. James, he, he doesn't stop there though. He doesn't stop there. Because as James knew, and as we see here in the scripture, he knew that the hardest part of making a decision for the Lord is not making the decision itself. Listen, that's, yes, that's a good step. That's a good first step that, that for us to make, to, to respond to the scriptures. But that's not the, the, the final place to go. No, no, no. The hardest part is the follow through. The putting actions to the words and the decisions. And so James begins here in in verse number 22, and he begins to talk about the danger of self-deception. Look again there at verse number 22. He says this, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves, he says here. He says, listen, there's a problem that's going on here. Clearly, James, as as he's talking to this this congregation of of, of listeners, this congregation of readers that maybe would pick up this this parchment that he would pin, he's writing to them and he says, listen, uh, some of you, you've been listening, you're reading this, and he said, you're just going through the motions, but you failed miserably at the follow-through. 
Maybe they'd heard the messages preached. Maybe they'd read the letters. Maybe they sat there and they even said, Amen. Maybe they even clapped their hands during the song. I don't know, okay? But, but listen, they, they may have done some of the things. They may have looked the appearance and said the words and made the decisions. But the follow-through wasn't there. Some of those people that he was writing to had heard the words literally from the lips of Jesus himself. And yet, their lives were remaining unchanged. May have been week after week, day after day, that they would show up, listen to teachings, reading the letters that had been written, but only out of habit, out of routine. Just checking boxes, but believing that they were doing just fine. And to James, he pins here in the scriptures and and he dramatically and emphatically says to them, listen, listen. You're deceiving yourself because you are a hearer only, but you are not a doer. I've got children and, and I've learned this, that sometimes self-deception can be a funny thing. You know, we, uh, you, you've, we've probably all seen a child. I know uh, Jackson, he's three years old and he's at that place now where he thinks he can do things on his own. You know, um, it, you know it's, it's one way or the other. I mean, it's like it's, it's, it's one extreme or the other. It's, it's either he can do everything on his own or he can't do anything and he just lays on the floor. I mean, it's just it's one, one extreme or the other. And, and, and you know, you'll, you'll tell him, you know, hey, Jackson, we need to get your clothes on, you know, in the morning. And, and he says, I'll go get my clothes. And he goes and, you know, he always he picks out his own clothes out of the drawer or whatever and he brings it over. And he's going to put it on himself. And we've all seen the child. I see it on a regular basis where they've got, you know, one hand uh, through one sleeve and they've got the head going through the other sleeve and they're all twisted and, and, and tangled up on inside of their shirt or whatever or maybe they've got both legs in the same pant leg or something like that they're trying to hop around and, and they look at you and finally they get that point where they say will you help me right you know they, they think that they can do it themselves what are they they're deceived all right they've deceived themselves uh, maybe maybe you've met somebody that, that thinks that they're better at something than they actually are, you know, and uh, maybe they think that they're, they're, they're confident. I, I know in, in playing basketball, oftentimes uh, you, would, you would see people that were, were like this, and, and growing up in Indiana playing basketball, was, you, don't, you see this all the time, somebody would come in, and it's usually the person that was wearing the wristbands and a headband and had the breakaway pants. Um, I know those aren't really a thing anymore, but I remember whenever I was a teenager, those were like the cool thing, the breakaways, you know, where you take them and you you go to rip them off and half the time the buttons came with it, you know, whenever you did it. And, and uh, you know, that, the, the person, but uh, by the time they stepped on the floor with the ball, you, you didn't take long to realize that, listen, they're all talk. There's, there's really no follow through, okay? They, they can speak the language, but they don't know. Uh, I know we, we went over to Casey and Leilani's a couple weeks ago and, and got to ride horses and things like that. And I'm sure you guys have experienced the people that seem and, and talk the talk like they know what they're doing when it comes to riding horses and the people that actually know how to ride horses, right? You know, I'm one of those that does not talk the talk and I do not know how to ride horses, okay? Uh, I, I don't try to, try to pretend on that. What, what is it? Uh, some people are self-deceiving themselves and, and occasionally it can be a, a funny thing. But the truth is, is sometimes self-deception can be, can be dangerous, Dangerous thing. When it comes to physical things, like maybe we've we've heard of someone, and I'm sure we've all had this experience, heard of someone that had a pain or or a bump or something that, that they dismissed as is not a big deal or it was nothing at all, or or maybe they had a cough or a little sickness or something and, and, and pretended like it wasn't anything, only to find out later that it was something 
very serious and they found out too late. Here in James, James points to a danger. In verses 23 and 24, he gives a practical illustration. In verse number 22, he says, listen, you're deceiving yourselves. Why? Because he says, you are a, uh, being a, a hearer of the word, but you aren't following through. You're not being a doer. We're going to see over these next couple of weeks, James points a couple of times to ways that we deceive ourselves. And this is the first one that he points to. He says, your follow through isn't there. You're deceiving yourself. Verse number 23 gives the illustration. He says, for if a man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. James makes very clear that this is important, that it is a man that's doing this, okay? A woman would never do this, okay? I just, I know, okay? It's just not the way that it works. It's definitely a man. Women look at mirrors as a place for, uh, for, for uh, adjustments and corrections and things like that. Men believe that mirrors are made for adoration and for approval, okay? That's, that's the way that it is, you know? Uh, you know, men, uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't know that, but you're actually supposed to look at it and actually, you know, fix things, all right? Uh, but most of the time, uh, this, I mean, it's just the way that it is. I mean, women look at there and they can, they can pick every part away. And, you know, I just wish this wasn't here. And I wish that this was a little bit smaller here. And I wish this and I wish that. And men look in the mirror and they go, man, it looks pretty good. You know, I mean, it's just the, the way that, that it is. I mean, that's just how it is. And, and the Bible here gives us this example. He says, here's a man who, who's walking through and, and he looks in this mirror. He says, as he looks in this mirror, he sees something that's, that's out of place. Something that's, that's not correct. Something that should be fixed. Maybe maybe he's got a, a mixed up out, outfit. Maybe you've walked out of the door before and, and didn't even realize that you were wearing two different socks or something like that. Maybe you do that every day. I don't know. There's some, some weird people out there that, that don't really care what if their socks match. But I, I mean like that's just, that's what you know. And, and uh, you find out at the end of the day, oh no, that, that something isn't matching. Or, or maybe you, you, you put something on and, and, and Tressa informed me uh, very early on in our marriage that you can't wear like two different color blues that are really close but not the same. And, and uh, you know that's not a, not a good thing. And, and you find out later on, oh, wait, you know, that doesn't really match this, right? That's what he says. He says, this guy looks in the mirror and he says, man, something's, something's not, not right here. Uh, something's a, a little bit off. But instead of correcting it, the Bible tells us that he beholds himself, but then he goes his way. And it says, this, in straightway, he, he forgetteth what manner of man he, he was. The word forget there has the idea of Willful neglection. He neglects it. Well, he knew there was a problem that, that he should take care of. Rather than taking care of it, he just neglects to take care of it. He had deceived himself into believing that everything was fine. And when it comes to spiritual matters, self-deception is, is very dangerous. And in fact, I, I personally believe that this is maybe the biggest problem in our churches today. It, it may be the biggest problem in Whitehall Baptist Church today. Is spiritual self-deception. People who believe that everything's alright. And they don't even realize that things are very much not alright. See, we can be really good about hearing a message or, or reading this, this book and, and yet living unchanged. 
We can be really good about, about hearing things or, or, or even sitting in a service and maybe even making a decision in a service, but then walking out the door and doing nothing with the decision that you have, have made. You see, we've said it oftentimes, but the greatest gap is between knowing and actually doing. Follow through. And oftentimes in the church house, I believe this is the greatest problem in the church, is while we may know what we should do, we don't actually do it. We hear a message about sin and how we need to take care of sin in our life. And the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart and says, hey, this is something in your life that you need to deal with. But instead of dealing with it, maybe in the service we say, yeah, I need to deal with that. And then we walk out the doors of the church and we don't do anything about it. We just continue in sin. Deception, self-deception spiritually is one of the greatest dangers in the church. Because a decision without action is nothing more than a dream or good intentions. See, Tressa and I, we've oftentimes talked about how we need to get in in better shape. Maybe this is a conversation that you have with you with your spouse. I mean, it happens all the time in our house. I don't understand it. She will will be sitting there or something, or I'll be standing there, and, and it always this is how it always happens. She will look at me and then she will say, We need to get in shape. And I'm like Okay, and so, you know, and so we will talk about how we need to, to get in better shape. We'll, we'll talk about how we need to start exercising. We need to start walking. We need to start doing these things. And, and you know, we, we've went so far as I, I've even printed off workout schedules, exercise schedules. In fact, if you came to our house over in the corner next to our computer there, it is a beautiful set of dumbbells. And they look beautiful uh, just outside of our living room. I mean, it's just, I mean, they just sit there. That, that's pretty much all that they do. They just sit there. And I mean, like, we, we bought some equipment and things like that. We, we purchased workout programs in the past. We've talked about eating better food. But I found that no matter how much I talk about it, until you actually exercise and diet, you don't get in better shape. Don't you wish you could just, just speak it into existence, right? You know, I mean, it's just like, man, I just wish I was in better shape. And it's just like... All right, there you go. I, I, wish it, I wish it worked like that. And I'm finding the older that I get, the harder it is to get in better shape, right? And, and I'm just telling you, I mean, I mean like I want to get in better shape. But man, those ice cream sandwiches look really good. Uh, one of the worst things that could have happened to us is, is Tress's mom got a, got a job working for Wilcoxon's ice cream. And she gets free ice cream that she doesn't eat, so she gives it to us, okay? Listen, that's, uh, it's, it was both the most glorious and terrible day of our entire life. I mean, it was just it was unbelievable. And, and so, you know, I mean, like, it, it, you, you, can, you can talk about it, but until you stop eating the ice cream, until you actually get up and start running or, or start exercising, what? The, it's just a dream. It's just a dream. Gym registries are full of memberships of people with good intentions that never show up. Listen, friend, can I, can I say something this morning that, that maybe is a little bit uncomfortable? We don't, we don't get uncomfortable very often, but it's important for us to do it sometimes. If you think you can day, go day after day after day without being in this book or spending time in prayer and still have a relationship with God, a real relationship with God, 
If you think you can treat church like some activity of convenience that you come to when it fits your schedule, can I tell you what's happened? You're deceiving yourself. If you think you can go week after week after week, service after service after service without responding to the words of this book and become calloused, not become calloused, rather, listen, you're, you're deceiving yourself. If you think you can get away with the sin in your life that maybe nobody else knows about except for you and the Lord, and you think, listen, there's not going to be any consequences to this, listen, you're deceiving yourself. Can I tell you this morning, if you think that you can push away the conviction of the Holy Spirit and wait to accept His payment for your sins, you're deceiving yourself. You know, the Bible tells us that at the last day when when the trumpet sounds, when the Bible says that every person is going to stand before the Lord, There are going to be those that stand for the Lord that never accepted the gift of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Say, what are you talking about, Kyle? I'm I'm talking about the Bible tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What is this? Perfection. None righteous, no, not one. All of our good works, the Bible says, are just nothing more than filthy rags. If we were going to get an eternity in heaven on our own, we could never get there. And yet the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ came to this earth and He died on a cross. Why? Was it it just because He just wanted to show this great act? No, 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 no. He did it for you. He did it for me. A firefighter will run into a house that's on fire completely uh, forgetting about their own safety so that they can go in there and so that they can save the person that's inside. How foolish it would be for the person that's inside of the burning house to look at the firefighter and say, no thanks, I'll figure it out on my own. How foolish for the person who's just been in a car accident that's trapped in that car when the paramedic arrives there to give them help says, no thanks, I think I'll figure it out. Jesus Christ came to this earth and died on the cross. Why? Because the Bible says the wage for your sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, Jesus Christ, He came and He gives this gift of eternal life. And yet so many times people say, no thanks. See, the truth is, is God doesn't send anybody to hell. People choose to go there. Because they reject His gift. Friend, if you've never accepted the gift of eternal life, of Jesus Christ, you say, well, Kyle, what do I have to do? Do I have to to go to church? I mean, that's a a good start because I'm here today. Do I have to to, to read a Bible? Is that what it is? And and, and do I have to give money at the church? And and do I have to tell you about my sins and things like that? No, 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 no. It's none of those things. Jesus said to the crowd as they were sitting there, He said, listen, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's nobody that comes to the Father but by me. No other way. There is one way. It's through Jesus. It's through Jesus. Maybe this morning you've been coming to church for a long time. 
Maybe you know how to go through the motions and do the things. How to put on the smile, how to sing the song. You even clapped your hands during the song. Listen, you know how to do all the things. But you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your heart. The Bible tells us that in that day that there are going to be many that are going to say to Him, Lord, hey, have we not prophesied Your name? Or have we not done many wonderful works? Have we not gone to church? Have, have we not been baptized? Have I not uh, given money? Have I not done all of these good things? And the Lord's going to say, yeah, you did all those things, but I never knew you because you never trusted in my gift. You never accepted my Son, Jesus Christ. Well, Kyle, how do I do that? Is there so, what do I have to do? I mean, is there a ticket that I can go? Is there a list I can sign up to? Is there a book I can get my name put in? Oh, listen, yes, the, the last one's right. Yeah, you, you can get your name put in a book called the Book of Life. How do you do it? The Bible tells us this, that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is, is Lord. Why is that important? Because if he wasn't God, if he wasn't perfect, perfect, then his death on the cross would be just like any other man. But Jesus Christ was God. He died on that cross. So he could pay for your sins. And the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, what a promise. What a blessing. To come to the Lord. Lord, I know that I am a sinner. And God, I'm trusting in you, you alone to forgive me for my sins. You say, does he hear that prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. And he'll forgive you for your sins. Just like he says he does. He's faithful and just, the Bible says, to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But maybe you're here this morning and you think to yourself, you know what, Kyle? That's all well and good. But I think I'll figure it out on my own. Can I tell you what you're doing? I want to say it as lovingly as I can. You're deceiving yourself. You know, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Why is that important? Because so many people think, well, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's all good and everything, but, but I just really believe, I just really believe that this is the way that, that things go. And listen, there's a lot of people that believed and believed and believed and believed and really, 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 really believed that their good works would get them to heaven that today are in a lake of fire. Because, listen, friend, we, we talked about it this morning. It really doesn't matter what you believe. What matters is what the book says. You see, there are facts, and there's your beliefs. And just because you believe something. This is something that our world's confused about right now, okay? Listen, just because you believe something does not change something that is a fact. Listen, gravity is a fact. You, you can come here today and say, I don't believe in gravity. I don't believe it. I, I, just, don't, I, just, I just don't believe it. I can't see it. I just, I just do not believe in gravity. Does that mean gravity doesn't exist? No. It's foolish. It's foolish. It's silly. And just because you believe that you can do it on your own doesn't make it true. The Bible tells us that there's one way to Jesus, one way to eternity in heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ and accepting him as your Savior. Friend, are you being deceived this morning? 
Maybe you're deceived when it comes to the matter of salvation. But maybe you're here this morning and you, you know that you're on your way to heaven. But you think to yourself, listen, I'm doing pretty good. I don't really need, I mean, like, I hope so-and-so. That's what we do, isn't it? You know, we sit in the seat and we look over and think, man, I wish so-and-so was here this morning. They really needed this. You know, that's what we do. We're really good at pointing the fingers at everybody else, but not at ourselves. And you know what we do? We deceive ourselves. Revelation chapter number 3 tells us about the church at Laodicea. And we know the story. It's the, the, the church that the Bible says that God says, listen, you're making me sick. So sick that I want to spew you out of my mouth. Why? Because you're not hot. You're not, you're not cold. That you're, you're lukewarm. Now, why were they lukewarm? I'll tell you why. Actually, let's see what the Bible tells us. Revelation 3.17. Because thou sayest. Here's what it is. You want to hear what it is? He says, do you want to know why you're making me sick? Because you're deceiving yourself. You are saying that I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. That's what you say. But let me tell you the truth, he says. Thou knowest not that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I don't really need that. You know, I don't need this message. You know, Kyle, I... Thanks for, thanks for everything, but this isn't really for me. <laughs> you know, I hope so-and-so's listening. I hope that those people over there are paying attention because they could really use this. But I, I think I'm doing pretty good. That's exactly what the church at Laodicea was saying. Oh, I'm good. I'm rich. I'm increased with goods. I don't need this. And God says, let me tell you how I see you. <sighs> Not good. You're deceiving yourself. Hey, listen, if you don't want to listen to, to what John had to say about it in Revelation chapter number 3, listen to what Jesus had to say in, in Matthew chapter number 7. Jesus says it like this, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and listen, and doeth them. He heard, and he does. What is he? He says, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Oh, I know this one, Kyle. I remember this whenever I was a little kid. Okay, the wise man, I know this one, he built his house upon a rock, right? You know, and, yeah, and when the rains descended, the floods, you know, the rains came down, the floods came up. And, and what happened? The house on the rock stood firm. And listen, that was a great, uh, a great song for, for the construction worker. But you know it's a great song for us too, <laughs> spiritually? He that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken to him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not. Why? For it was founded upon a rock. But listen, everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and, and doeth them not. Can I tell you what this person is? He's a hearer only. You shall be likened to a foolish man. Which built up his house upon a sand, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of his. Here, here's what's amazing. Here's what's amazing. We, we don't think about it theologically because it's, it's for the kids, right? It's for the kids. It's for the kids. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Pay attention. This is good. Both of them heard the message. Both of them heard it. They both heard the message. But only one followed through. One of them said, that's good. But you know, I think I, I don't really need that. I've got my own way of doing things. And the other one said, I'm going to do what you say. <laughs> I'm going to follow through. One was happy 
when the winds came and the floods began to rise, he rejoiced. Why? Because he, he built upon the rock. The other one, his whole life was destroyed. Both had the same opportunity, yet one man was blessed and the other was broken. Why? Because one was a doer and the other was a hearer only. Friend, I hope at Whitehall Baptist Church, we would not be a bunch of people who are going through the motions week after week after week, just deceiving ourselves. But may we be a doer of the word and not hearers only. You see, we we see the the danger that there is when it comes to deception. But then James finishes up with this thought. He gives us the destiny of the doer. I mean, we already saw it. Jesus said it. He said, listen, his house stands firm. But look at what James, how James says it in verse number 20, 24. Excuse me, uh, verse number 25. He says this, For, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. James James follows his rebuke of the hearer and gives the blessing of the doer. The, The word looketh there, it has the idea of stooping down and examining something. Our kids, uh, Jace got one of they, they. You know how kids are; they love bucks. And, and Jace got one of these little uh, little containers, and, and it's kind of cool. It's got a little little lever on it, and, and uh, he'll, he'll, you can go over. And, and when you pull the lever, the bottom opens up, and you can put it over a bug. And whenever you let go of it, it closes and it traps whatever that bug is inside. And on the top, there's a magnifying glass, so you can look down through that glass. And and like, listen, they they love catching all kinds of stuff, trapping all kinds of things in there, and and. Uh, and, and Looking through that and things. I mean, like it's 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 he, he has a blast with it, and he loves to scare mom with it. I mean, it's just he loves to go and catch a spider, and he's like, "Mommy, look! If you weren't scared before, look in this magnifying glass. Now it's massive. You know, it's this is so cool." And, and, and he loves to do that, and, and he'll sit there and he'll he'll look and just I mean, literally, I mean, just focus, just looking inside of there, watching as, as whatever it is is moving around in there. Sometimes you'll catch multiple spiders and then he'll catch a fly or something and stick it in there and then all the spiders, you know, just go after it. It's actually kind of neat. But I mean, you sit there and it's just like, wow. And what are you doing? You're, you're just focusing on, you're studying it. You're, you're, you're looking at it so closely so that you can see everything. That's, I mean, it's so, so cool to be able to do it. Also, somewhat terrifying, but it's so, so cool to be able to look at it and to be able to do it. Listen, that's what James is saying here. He that looketh, he that stoops down. I mean, he's, it's like pulling out the magnifying glass and, and, and looking at it closely. Examines what? The perfect law of liberty. Listen, re- remember that book that we saw just a couple weeks ago? That was the word of truth. No, we saw just like last week, the word that is able to save your, your souls. He says, listen, we should intensely focus on it. But don't stop there, he says. He says, yes, I, I want you to, to look, to, to, to stoop down, to magnifying glass that, that perfect law of liberty. But he says, yes, but I want you to continue therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. He says, I want you not only to see it, I want you to apply it. 
I want you to actually do something with what you have been given. I want you to take what you've heard and I want you to put it and apply it to your life. You see, Galatians chapter numbers 5, verse number six says this, 16 says this. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to continue walking in it. In Psalm 119, 105, the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What does that do? It lights the path so that you can walk in it. And Psalm 119 verse 133 says, order my steps in thy word and let not iniquity have dominion over me. He says, I want to walk according to the scriptures. In 1 Timothy 4 16, he says, take heed to thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing so, then doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. He says, listen, continue in the doctrines, the things that you have heard, that you have learned. That familiar verse in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse number 15. Study, he says. Study. What's that mean? I mean, that's more than just you're, you're just flipping the pages so you can check off a box. No, that's pulling out the magnifying glass. That's looking closely. Study to show thyself approved or pleasing unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the words of truth. Hey, it takes work to study the scriptures. I love Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. These verses are so cool. Verses 10 and 11, it says, The preacher sought to find out acceptable words. The words that was written was, was upright, even words of truth. He says, listen, he was looking for words that were truth. You know, what is this? The word of truth. He was looking, he was trying to find words that, that listen, would be words of truth from the scriptures that would help them. And, and what did he do? The words of the wise, you know what they are? They're as goads. Oh, we use that, another one of those $10 words, right? You know what I mean? It's one of those that, that we use all the time. What's a goad? Well, I mean, people are probably more familiar with it out here than what they would be saying, you know, where I grew up in Indiana. Goad was, was a prod. I mean, you goad someone along, right? You know, that's, that's what he says. He says the words of the wise, the words that were given, listen, they were, they were as goads. They were prods, you know? It's, it's kind of like, you know, the, what, what's it called? The little shocker, the zapper, uh, whatever it's called. Yeah, so hot shot, yeah, the hot shot, right? You know, you get that out and, and uh, you know, and uh, you use it not on children, but on cows and, and, you know, on animals. You know, what do you do? To, to prod them, to get them moving, things like that. I mean, maybe you pull out a whip like Indiana Jones and, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, you get them going, you get them moving, you know, that, that's what you do. You, you prod them along. That's what he says. He says the words, the words of the Lord, the words of this book, he said, you know what they should be? They should be like, like goats, like a hot shot, you know, I mean, like to the point where you're like, ah, I got it. I got to do something with this. I can't, I can't just sit here with it, but he didn't stop there. Listen to what else he says. He says they're like, they're like goats fastened uh, as nails fastened by the master of assembly, which are given from one shepherd. I love this. He says they're, they're like nails. Now, this is cool. This is cool. He says, not only should it prod you, he says, I don't want you to forget it. Man, it's like, it's like you, you heard it. He said, I want you to take it. I want you to nail it in. I mean, now it's one of those nails that you can't get out. I mean, it's just, it's, it's deep. Nail that puppy in there so that you can't get it. You can't lose it. You can't forget it. It's right there. That's, that's what he says here. He says, whenever you hear the word of God preached, when you read the scriptures, when the Holy Spirit convicts you, whenever, whenever the, the, the word of God speaks to your heart, he says, I don't want it to be something that you just say, oh, well, you know, that was nice. That was a pretty poem or pretty story. I like that story at the end. Or, or yeah, he was kind of crazy, but I like this. And, 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 no, no, no. I want it to prod you. 
to nail it deeply in your heart so that you will continue walking in it. The words that the listeners heard, they were commanded to fasten them with nails. Don't soon forget it. And then he gives that promise, the end of verse number 25. The doer of that work, this man, shall be blessed in his deed. What deed? Well, it's the deed of hearing the word of, with a closed mouth and an open heart. The, the deed of responding in humility and dealing with the filthiness that is developed. The deed of then taking those decisions from, from the messages and, and from the word of God. And what? And, and applying them. And actually doing something with them. He says that person that does that, they'll be blessed in that. They'll be blessed in that. Friend, this morning, when the rubber meets the road, are, are you simply a hearer? Or are you a doer as well? Felix Manns was born in Zurich, Switzerland in 1498. He, he was the illegitimate son of a Catholic priest. That was a problem that oftentimes would happen during that period of time in history. In his early life, he became well-educated in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin under the leadership of his teacher, Ulrich Zwingli. Zwingli, uh, if, if you study history and things like that, he was a key part in, in the Swiss Reformation, and he attempted to reform the Catholic Church from within as a Catholic priest himself. That's who Manns was taught under Manns was a, a faithful follower of Zwingli, supported his convictions, the convictions that the scripture should be the final authority above everything else that maybe the priest or anybody else may say. He, he believed that, that this book should be the final authority. But in 1523, Manns began to struggle with trusting Zwingli because while Zwingli said that the scriptures were the final authority, he deferred in practice and follow through to the Zurich City Council in doctrinal matters, specifically on the matter of infant baptism. Privately, Zwingli taught that the scriptures were the final authority, but publicly he bowed to the religious council. Over the next couple of years, man would travel around Zurich preaching the gospel and, and eventually starting the First Baptist Church of Zurich. Kind of interesting. They, they would go house to house sharing the gospel, leading people to Christ, preaching the word. In October of 1525, Mans was arrested along with a few of his faithful friends. And they were imprisoned. On March the 7th of 1526, they were condemned to life imprisonment on bread and water alone. And on the same day, the council held a, dec- held a, held a, held a council where they decreed that whoever hereafter baptizes someone will be apprehended by our Lord and according to this present decree, drowned without mercy. The Catholic Church at that time, they taught infant baptism only. Something that you do not find in the scriptures. Two weeks later, Manns and 23 others were helped to escape from prison and immediately went across Switzerland with the gospel, preaching and planting churches. Finally, on December of 1526, he was captured one last time. 
On January the 5th in 1527, Mans was sentenced to death by drowning for the crime of baptizing and assembling a church through baptism. He was then led to a river for execution. As he walked along his way, the crowds gathered around him. As he, as he made his way, his mother, his brother stood there and watched as he went, encouraging him as he walked. As he made his way, he witnessed to all who would listen Of the saving faith through Christ alone. And praised God for his assurance of a home in heaven. Standing on that riverbank on that day was Manz's teacher. Ulrich Zwingli. Who said this, if he wishes to go under the water, let him go under. Meaning if he believes baptism following salvation, then just let him be drowned. The executioner rode Manz by fishing boat into the middle of the water. Bound his hands behind his knees. And with the crowd looking on, that including his mother and his brother and many other friends, man's not yet 30 years old, gave his final words. He said, into thy hands, O God, I commend my spirit. And with that, he was pushed into the water. And he gave his life. See, Zwingli said he believed with his lips. But man's proved he believed with his life. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Friend, what are you doing with what you say that you believe? See, we say that you believe that God's word is God's word, but do you read it? Say that you believe that it contains the truth, but do you live by it? You feel conviction from it, but will you respond to it? Or are we simply deceiving ourselves? Whitehall Baptist Church, friends, everyone that's here this morning, can I, can I encourage you, can I challenge you? Be a doer of the word. And not a hearer only. Put action to what we say we believe. Oh, I hope you respond to the Lord. To his word. But I hope that response doesn't just stay in an altar or in a seat. I hope it goes with you out those doors. And each and every day of your life, you choose to live by it. To be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. We're going to finish the service here with the time of of invitation. It's an opportunity for us to respond to what the Lord has spoken to our hearts about. Maybe this morning as you sit here in this room, the Lord spoke to your heart about, you know, there's some areas of your life that that you've been a hearer only, but you have not been a doer of the things that you have learned from the Scriptures. And you'd say, you know what, this morning, Lord, help me to follow through. Maybe you're here this morning, and as we talked about knowing for sure that you're on your way to heaven, you'd say, you know, Kyle, I've been trusting in things that I could do to get me there, but, man, I'd sure like to know for sure I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. Not based on something that maybe I think, but based upon what the Bible says.
a final authority. Friend, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never made that decision, you can do that right where you're seated. You say, Kyle, do I have to do something special? Are you going to embarrass me? No, 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 no. You can do it right where you're at. You can pray right where you're at and just say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and, and I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I want to put my faith and trust in you and you alone. Say, Kyle, do I have to say those exact words? No, 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 you don't have to say those exact words. But listen, friend, you have to believe with your heart. Jesus Christ did that for you and put your faith and trust in him alone. Wherever you are, wherever you're at this morning, I hope that you'll decide not to just be a hearer, but be a doer of the word as well. With heads bowed and with eyes closed, let's, let's stand together as the music plays and you respond to the Lord however the Lord's spoken to you. Father, bless this time now, we pray. Work in hearts, move in our midst, we pray in Jesus' name. The music plays. You respond to the Lord. Maybe you want to come and you want to kneel and pray at an altar. You can sure do that. Maybe you just want to pray in your seat. You can do that as well. The Lord will hear your prayers, but I'd encourage you to respond to Him. Respond to Him. Don't just let it be another week. Don't just, okay, I'm just going to, that, that was good, but I, I, you know, I'm just going to go out. And, you know, maybe next time. Oh, you're deceiving yourself. Let's not be deceived. Respond to him. Put action to those words. The theme of the book of James is faith and action. Not just talk, but actually doing something with it. This morning, respond to him. this opportunity you give us to come together to be able to open your word for a few moments and Lord I, I pray that maybe something that was said this morning and from the scriptures God would continue to move in the hearts of those in this room and continue to convict, continue to, to help us Lord to know you in a deeper more personal way. Pray God that if there's somebody here that maybe has been coming for a long time Lord I pray that, uh, that if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as their savior God I pray that today they'd get it settled what a wonderful promise that your scripture gives us. I pray that we trust in what your word has to say. Lord, we just thank you for how good you are to us. Thank you for our public servants. And God, we honor them today. We lift them up. And I pray, God, that we thank of them, not just on this day, but, but each day. And we pray for them more regularly and, and uh, honor them when we have the chance and the opportunity. Thank you, God, for all that you do for us. Be with us now, even as we leave this place. We pray in, pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you can be seated here for just a moment. Just a couple of quick announcements.